following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Hello. Um, so, I have to uh, apologize. The last week when we started talking about catechism, uh, I had the questions and answers all messed up, uh, and that when I tried to get those of you who are um, going through the catechism book with us to recite your memorized answer to the question, I told you you were wrong when you were right, because I was wrong, and that's how my life goes. Um, so I, we amended the uh, the PowerPoint so that we can do this all together. So, Joel, if you put those up there, we'll do our questions and answers together. So, what is our only hope in life and death? Now, we're going to start with the kids, and then the adults will have a turn to say it right, the adult way. Okay, so what is our only hope in life and death? Kids, all together? Good job. And now the adults. What is our only hope in life and death? Not our own, but belong, body, soul, both in life and death to God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So you could see how I might have been confused last week when you started saying that. (laughs) Okay, question number two. What is God? Kids. Good job. And adults. God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in his power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through him and by his will. Amen. And question number three. How many persons are there in God? Kids. Great job. And adults, there are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. Amen. And question number four, which is for this week. How and why did God create us? Kids. Great job. And adults, God created us male and female in his own image to know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we who are created by God should live to his glory. Amen. So again, I would encourage you, if you have not started doing this study of the the New City Catechism with us, it's not too late to start. You can jump in at any point. Um, there's a free app, so you don't even have to buy a book. Or you can buy a book if you're into paper. Um, that's. But for you millennials, there's an app. Uh, <clears throat> just be careful you don't have it set to the kids' version and you miss most of the answer. So, so please. That is. <laughs> yeah, you. Sorry, you can't go to Sunday school, Ben. It's just for the kids. Oh, sorry. All right, so, amen, wonderful. 
uh, it's just such a blessing to be learning those same things together uh, as a family, and we can uh, learn these important truths, especially in our day. This this question we're going to talk about with the kids at Sunday school. This question number four: the fact that God created them male and female, full stop. That's a big deal. And what our kids are going to have to deal with in school, uh, that's a really big deal. Um, that's an important truth. So, well, let's go back to Luke. We're going to look at Luke chapter 8, uh, verses uh, 16 through 18, and that's on page 865 in the Pew Bibles. And last week, you may remember um, that we looked at Jesus' uh, first parable, the parable of the sower or of the soils. Um, and in Jesus' explanation of the parable, to his, his explanation to the disciples, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in a time of testing fall away. As for what fell among the thorns... They are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. I read that again. It's important for us to understand the context because Jesus follows up that commentary with our text for this morning in verse 16 through 18. So we'll read that and pray. Jesus said, no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for the one who has more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Let's pray together. Father God, we are grateful for the opportunity to gather today around your word. We're thankful that you preserved it for us and that it's not a book of secrets, um, but it's what we need uh, to know you, to hear from you. And we pray, Lord, now that by your word, your spirit would speak, that you would translate the words from my mouth to your people's ears. We thank you, Lord, for this time. We give it to you for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I get started, I just thought of one other thing. Um, uh, When Mike read this morning from James, when it says, Brothers, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. It's very important for us to understand in the New Testament, when the word is brothers, that's the English word. The Greek word is adelphoi, which means brothers and sisters. It is not just the brothers. It's just the translators. 
it should be siblings, okay? Brothers and sisters in Christ. That's really important um, for us to understand. So anytime you see it in the New Testament, the word brothers, that means everybody, right? Followers of Christ. As a freebie. So no extra charge for that. <laughs> so getting back to our text, on the face of this text um, of the lamp and hiding it under a bucket, the principle from Jesus seems pretty simple. But after many, many long hours of study and prayer and contemplation and reading the scholars, I've come to the conclusion that it's still pretty simple. Such a bummer. At the end of Jesus' public proclamation of the parable of the sower, he makes the statement in verse 8, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is, this is an important statement because that's exactly what Jesus is concerned about in our text this morning, hearing or listening. And Jesus gives us this simple picture of an oil lamp. And I have one here that Daniel brought me back from Jerusalem. Um, just a simple clay vessel with a wick and a hole. But I couldn't find any lamp oil. I thought I had some. I probably set something fun on fire. With that. So I don't have any more. Yeah, well, I mean, it was great. Very therapeutic. So Jesus gives us this simple picture of an oil lamp and reminds his disciples that when you light a lamp, you don't hide it under a jar or stuff it under your bed. These are obvious points that anybody who had been alive for more than 10 or 15 minutes would understand. Um, but Jesus makes the profound statement in verse 18, take care then how you hear. And since we're coming out of the parable of the sower, <clears throat> we can understand from the context that Jesus has already explained the what of what they were hearing, right? And what is the what? What were they hearing? What, what was the seed that the sower cast? It's the word of God, right? But in this context, it's the gospel. It's not the Bible that we call the word of God now. When Jesus says the word of God, he means the gospel, so it's equally consider, important to consider not just what they were hearing, but that they were hearing at all. The reality of it is, unfortunately, not everyone has ears to hear. Now, I can attest personally that I have sat through a lot of sermons and a lot of gospel proclamations that were just like water off a duck's back, just didn't stick, right? Perhaps you have had the same experience, and maybe you're having it right now. It, it, not everybody has ears to hear. I don't think that I can look back on any of the sermons that I heard throughout my lifetime and tell you the three points and recite the poem. It just... I, I can't. Not everybody has ears to hear. But those that had ears to hear the gospel and responded to it in faith and believe in Jesus, 
bear the responsibility, according to the parable of the sower, we bear the responsibility to bear fruit, to go from seed to sower. And that's what Jesus is addressing here in verses 16 through 18. Warren Wiersbe wrote, It is a serious thing to hear and understand the word of God, because this puts on us the obligation to share the word with others. Everyone who receives the seed then becomes a sower, a light bearer, and a transmitter of God's truth. If we keep it to ourselves, we will lose it. But if we share it, we will receive more. Do you remember um, back when we were in chapter 6 of Luke? Right, we're testing the water off the duck's back theory. Um, we talked about the wise and foolish builders. Right? Jesus talked about the wise and foolish builders in chapter 6, at verse 46. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. And when a flood came, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. When Jesus warns the disciples in our text, take care then how you hear, this is what he's talking about. Hearing, understanding, and doing what he tells us. Our brother James wrote, don't just be hearers of the word and so deceive yourselves. Be doers of the word, right? We all have a responsibility. Those who have ears to hear are those that hear and trust and obey. And it is those that become lighted lamps whose purpose is to be on a stand that all who enter the house might benefit from its light. So that's the super simple, secret, and deep message from Jesus. Those who have heard the gospel and have put their trust in Jesus are lamps. And the light, the flame, in our imaginations, that's the gospel itself. We have not been given the light just to keep it to ourselves. Instead, our lives should literally reflect the truth of what we have heard and understand and trust. Verse 17 says, For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Well, what does Jesus mean here? What's the, what's the secret wisdom? So let me ask you this. What does light reveal? Stuff that's in the dark, right? Light does not reveal darkness, right? It chases darkness away. Light reveals what exists in the dark. And spiritually speaking, the light of the gospel, what does it reveal? The stuff that's in the dark, and that's our sin, right? This is why people hate the gospel. 
This is why people reject Jesus. They prefer the darkness because they don't want their sin exposed. Perhaps you're familiar with John 3.16. Jesus explains this concept perfectly. You'll probably see a sign that says John 3.16 later this evening on TV. I would encourage you to not stop at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The light of the gospel reveals the reality that we are sinners. And it's because we're sinners that we sin, not the other way around. It's because we are sinners that we sin. When we hear the truth of the gospel, that God loves us despite our sin, that he has forgiven us for all of our sin because of Jesus' death on the cross, and he wants us to walk with him in the light, that's when we become bearers of that light in the world. And that is the light that we are not to hide under a jar or stuff under our mattress. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And the one who has not, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. This is another one of those verses that always kind of, I put in the must be something super secret file. Like this, this is Sounds complicated. What is it that Jesus means? What is it that more will be given to the one who has, but the one but will be taken away from the one who doesn't, uh, who doesn't have but thinks he has? What? Is this just a riddle? Well, it may seem a little riddle-like, and even if it is, the answer is still. Simple. The answer is the truth. When we hear the gospel and respond in faith to Jesus, when we hear the truth about our sinfulness and God's solution to our sinfulness, we begin to learn more truth. We learn that the Bible is God's word, we learn that the Bible can be trusted. We learn that from the Bible, we learn about the church, and we learn about our place in God's family. We learn about God's eternal kingdom and how he is preparing a place for us. We learn that Jesus is coming back for his church. We can spend the rest of our lives plumbing the depths of the truth of God's word. I forget who it was that said it, but it said the Bible is 
is uh, shallow enough for babes to walk in, to wade in, but deep enough for scholars to drown in. When we have this truth, when we accept who Jesus is and what he's done and how that relates to us, we gain more truth. We learn more about the Lord, what he has for us. But to the one who doesn't have the truth, who has rejected the truth of God's saving grace in Jesus, who has rejected the truth of their need for salvation, their need for forgiveness, even the truth they think they have will be taken from them. Even those that choose to reject Jesus will eventually know the truth on the day of judgment when it's too late. In this text, Jesus gives us this wonderful picture of a lamp giving off light. And the simple truth is that that's what lamps are supposed to do. Give off light. And so, as Christians, we are to shine the light of the gospel and not hide it. But I have to admit, I've heard this text read and preached and taught in Sunday school, but the picture in my mind was always wrong. It's not flannel graph. I can't give any... I'm going to give the flannel graph people a hard time about this. But my picture that I saw when we sang the song, This Little Light of Mine, I'm going to let it shine. What's giving off the light? Is it a lamp? It isn't. It's a candle. Right? Candles hadn't been invented in the first century. Flannel graph. Jesus didn't say candle. He said lamp. And I think that how lamps are designed and how they work gives a wonderful beauty and richness to the picture that we miss when we think candle. A lamp is a simple vessel made of clay. Anybody ever heard of anybody else being referred to as a simple vessel made of clay? Us, right? In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, we hold this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. What's the clay vessel? That's us, right? A simple little vessel made of clay. If you watch Aladdin, I guess it's metal, but whatever. Clay's way better. And how does this work? I didn't have any oil, so I didn't light this wick because the wick would just burn up. A lamp works with oil, and it's the oil that burns. So it's a simple clay vessel filled with oil and a wick, and that's what's lit. In truth, any non-flammable vessel can be used as a lamp if it's filled with oil and can hold a wick. So by faith in Jesus, we're all just simple clay pots. And by faith in him, we're filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit. And we are entrusted with the wick of the word of God that is lit by faith in Jesus. So we are not the light. That's a whole different picture. We're simply vessels that hold the light, filled with the Holy Spirit. The light belongs to God. 
We just need to be willing to get out from under the bucket, out from under the bed, set on a stand so the light gets to shine, and then trust God with the rest. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this simple truth that you have called us to be bearers of the light of the gospel. And that light belongs to you. It's not, not up to us to set other lamps alight. It's yours. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the courage to not be ashamed, not be afraid, to let the light of the gospel shine in our lives, in our speech, in our conduct, how and where we spend our time. I pray, Father, that you would mold our hearts, that it would be our desire to shine the light wherever you place us, at work, at home, at school, in the grocery store, wherever. We pray that people would see the light of the gospel because that light is shining brightly in us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.